Hello, friends. Welcome to Wednesday Wake Up, a podcast hosted by Gregory Maloof, Buddhist Dharma teacher in the lineage of Ruth Dennison, mental health therapist, and mindfulness coach. Wednesday Wake Up explores the ancient teachings of Buddhism through the lens of Western psychology, neuroscience, and the modern human potential movement. Our commitment is for these teachings to educate, challenge, and inspire you to awaken to your deepest potential to live a truly fulfilling life of wisdom, joy, and compassion. Thank you for joining us. May these teachings serve you well. I wanted to revisit our discussion from last week just to bring some of these ideas to a close. Last week we were talking about, well, self-talk. <laughs> we were talking about verbal fabrication, how we talk to ourselves in the meditation, out of the meditation. We all have this chatty mind. And part of our meditation practice is to get in touch with the nature of this chat and to be able to use our chattiness skillfully to encourage well-being and to decrease our suffering. So I wanted to just hit a few points of review from the last few weeks, um, just briefly. We've been talking about, our, our big theme this month was mindfulness and insight, and trying to just highlight some of the differences between traditional insight meditation uh, from ancient Buddhism, or Theravada Buddhism, as it's called, and some of the more contemporary practices of mindfulness meditation. So some of the stuff we've been talking about, just to, to remind ourselves, get us back on the same page here, is that one significant difference, just to, to state a big obvious one, is that in traditional Buddhist practice, it's quite active. We're quite active in the process of meditation. And over time, meditation has become far more passive. Uh, it's become far more about being present rather than doing things while present. Um, and there's a distinction there in practice. And it's also a distinction related to what we're trying to get out of our practice moment to moment. If we really want to use meditation for rest and well-being, for relaxation, say, for some of the more medical-oriented benefits like lower blood pressure and just a decrease in, say, anxiety and depression on our basic level of well-being, then just being mindful and being present is really enough. Just focusing on some part of the body or just focusing on breathing and just accepting what arises and passes away is, is, a, good, is a good practice. In and of itself, it's very freeing. Um, very healthy, lots of you know research on how good it is to be able to be present and what it does for us psychologically, what it does for us physically. So just being present is awesome. I've got no, <laughs> I have no contention with presence, by the way. And so being presence is wonderful and resting in that presence is really healing. But in traditional meditation, we go further than that. We do something beyond just being awake and aware. In traditional insight meditation, we wake up to presence so we can understand the nature of how the present moment is created, how it's brought into being. And how it's brought into being, of course, is from the reactions of our heart and mind, from the qualities of our heart-mind moment to moment. We bring the present moment into being by the way we react, 
by the way we engage. And the heart and mind are always engaging. Moment to moment, we're constantly thinking and feeling and breathing and moving. And the very existence of our heart-mind changes how we feel moment to moment. So traditional insight meditation is designed to begin with mindfulness, to begin with acceptance, so we can lean fully into present moment experience and then really investigate closely what exactly is happening moment to moment and why are those things happening? Why are my thoughts moving in a particular way? In this moment, why does my heart feel contracted or averse? You know, why am I feeling stressed or fatigued in this moment? And how am I contributing to those sensations, those emotions, those thoughts? So the reason traditional Buddhist meditation encourages us to engage the present moment is because we're already engaging the present moment. We're already creating the present moment. What the Buddha is inviting us to do is simply to become aware of how we're engaging and then change the engagement so that we're co-creating an experience of rest and well-being, joy and compassion and wisdom. So what we've been doing the last few weeks is just talking about the different ways that insight meditation encourages us to participate actively in our practice. And to just focus in for a second, you know, the last few weeks we've been talking about fabrication, which is the word sankara in Pali, sankara, which means to put together, meaning putting together of the present moment. And we fabricate or put together the present moment by the way we breathe, by the way we feel in our bodies moment to moment with the breathing, by the way we think and the way we talk to ourselves and the way we speak to ourselves. As you all know, sometimes we can be our harshest critic and that internal voice can get really mean and really nasty and really disheartening. And that inner voice sometimes can feel complimentary and proud of itself and feel love, self-love even. So these, these ways of fabricating experience that we've been talking about, we explore them because we want to do them intentionally in a way that encourages freedom, that encourages love and acceptance and kindness towards ourselves. And in order to do that, we have to start with mindfulness. We have to at first be awake and aware to the present moment to really learn how to accept everything that's arising, everything that's passing away. But as we move deeper and more maturity arises in meditation practice, we're then asked to move beyond presence, beyond mindfulness, and we're looking more at investigation, investigation and curiosity. And this is a different part of the path. So that's what we've been doing the last few weeks, is just exploring different ways that we can investigate what happens in the present moment so we can change it for the better. And that's all we mean when we say fabrication. We're just engaging in the present moment, but we're doing it in an intentional, positive way. And we're actually also really looking closely at how we're doing it, because we want to be able to, from a karmic perspective, understand causality. We want to be able to see really clearly, when I change the pattern of my breath, my mood changes. And when my mood changes, the pattern of my breath changes. When I'm feeling a particular way, I'm breathing in a particular way. When I'm thinking one way over here, 
then my body feels another way over there. So we start to look at all the interconnectedness and the dynamics of the heart and mind in real time as it's happening. Awake and aware to the arising and passing away of the fabricated experience of the present moment. And last week we came to our verbal fabrication, which is also known as self-talk. And if anyone, as I said last week, has been to a therapist... Negative self-talk is a common word that we throw around as therapists, and we've all been the bearers of negative self-talk in our hearts and minds. And the Buddha just called self-talk verbalization, right? He called it internal verbalization or verbal fabrication, how we talk to ourselves. And there are several ways I mentioned last week about how we can talk to ourselves. And I wanted to review them, and then I wanted to encourage you... uh, to join me in some practice here so we can kind of practice doing this. There are three main ways that we change the way we experience the present moment through this verbal fabrication, through this self-talk. And the first one, which often gets overlooked, is just noting and labeling present moment experience. And really, if you haven't done much of this, there is a wellspring of wisdom that can arise from this absolutely simple practice, but it can be incredibly powerful to spend some time in meditation or in activity intentionally labeling the experience as the experience arises. So to give you an example, any labels can do. So as things arise, like let's say earlier today when we were doing body practice and I invited you to go to a particular body part and hold it in awareness. You could at that point add a verbal fabrication and really look and feel to the sensations. And then you might say something like tingling, pulsating, pressure, vibration, heat or cold. We might have a sense of contraction or pain. And we just drop the label in to the present moment as the sensations are arising. Now, what this does is first and foremost, it depersonalizes the experience. It allows us to really witness what's actually happening in the present moment. It encourages concentration. It really increases focus on that part of the body. Another thing it does is it really shows us that moment to moment, there's like an infinite number of sensations that are arising and passing away even at the smallest part of the body, like on the thumb, for example. We can notice heat and moisture and coolness. So by labeling or using verbal fabrication, we can dive deeper into the present moment. We can stabilize mindfulness, and we can go on this journey to really see how clearly we can discern what is arising and what is passing away. Not only can we drop in, say, those kind of labels where we're describing the sensations to ourselves, we also can use words like craving or aversion when we notice desire arise. When the mind falls into the past, we can just drop the word in past. Or we can say future when the mind wanders or strolls into the future. Now, at the superficial level, it seems kind of like you're interfering with the practice. But but you have to remember, the mind is already talking to itself at a deeper level. All we're doing is intentionally talking to ourselves as part of the meditation. 
Now, when you do this, when you add labels to your experience, you still hold the body in awareness. You still be awake and aware to the actual physical sensations. You just add the verbal part to help ground the mind and help discern what is happening moment to moment. Another label that we can offer is our three characteristic questions. So if I'm sitting in practice and I'm awake and aware to the sensations around my heart, right? I've got awareness around my heart and I'm breathing in, breathing out, and I'm noticing the sensations. I can ask myself, are these sensations around my heart permanent? And I can just drop that question into the meditation, relax, and just feel. We're not looking for any kind of cognitive answers or anything like that. We simply drop the verbal fabrication into the meditation and then we rest in equanimity and feel how the mind and heart responds to that question. When we bring our feet, for example, into awareness, we can ask ourselves, am I my feet really? Are my feet and the sensations in them permanent? So we can always ask these fabricated questions moment to moment to increase our concentration, to encourage the mind to move towards wisdom, and to stabilize the whole meditative experience. This verbal fabrication is a sort of piggybacking on the techniques that you're already probably aware of, which is moving awareness and breathing into the body. And so we just add this extra layer. And when we add the layer, I think like I said last week, whenever you do any verbal fabrication, the idea is to do, do it with the least amount of effort and the least amount of disturbance to mindfulness. So it's like dropping a pebble into a pond and then just watching the ripples, right? We might say craving and drop the pebble in the pond and feel how that is in the body. So it's adaptive in that we're adapting it to the present moment. We're weaving it into our practice. We're not using it to interfere. We're not using it to, uh, we're not saying it loudly, right? We're not yelling, you know, tingling, you know, so it distracts us. We're just dropping in a label now and again to take notice of the experience. Another reason the Buddha encourages us to practice in this way is that it deconstructs the experience. So I'm going to show you an example of this. So I know you're all sitting in different uh, places with different props around you, but I'm going to ask you to do something if you can. If you can put an item in front of you, or if you have an item in front of you, a pen, a teacup, or anything at all that you can grab. So just put something out in front of you. It doesn't have to be far out in front of you. It can be right on your lap. But if you have an object of sorts, and just put it down in front of you. And we're going to do this little exercise, and I'm going to show you how this works as a meditation. And many, <laughs> and I'll, well, actually, I'll tell you afterwards how I did this with Ruth. Um, kind of drove me nuts. <laughs> I just realized this. Okay, so... I'm going to put my meditation bell in front of me. Okay. Now, I'm going to ask you to look at the object. I want you to look at the object and notice that you're seeing it. That there is shape and color making contact with a sense door. And for a moment, with awareness still grounded in the body, be with your body, but notice seeing and really notice seeing. What are you actually seeing? Notice color and shape 
inform beyond the labels what is the sense door actually taking in and label that as you notice it like i'm noticing there's a reflection in the bell which i didn't notice there's a little curve there's shadow there's actually different colors that i'm seeing so notice the object fully. Really notice that you're seeing. And then label what you see, the characteristics themselves. And as you drop those labels into awareness, just feel how it feels to note them. And then with this seeing in mind, Cultivate the intention, don't act on it, but cultivate the intention to reach out and grab the object. So you're going to do that. You're going to reach out and grab the object and notice how emotions and mood and physical sensations in the body change with the anticipation of intention. Now that you know that you're going to reach out in a minute or two, can you feel that intention in the body? And can you label any sensations that you feel? There might be a sense of worry or concern. Am I doing this right? There might be a little energy that you feel because you know you're going to reach out. Label the sensations related to intention. Anything you feel. If you don't feel anything, you can say neutral. Neutral sensations. If there's any pleasure, you can say pleasurable sensations. And with this intention of reaching out, Begin to lift your hand slowly towards the object. And as you begin to move the hand and the arm, label any sensations that you feel. Or label the act itself, for example, lifting, turning. What exactly is happening as you reach out? each moment a different sensation. Maybe there's heaviness in the hand or the arm. And reach out to the object, noticing the sensations. And then when the hand comes into contact with the sensations, of touching the object, really notice what it feels like to make contact. And you can label those sensations, pressure. You can say grasping, clinging, and then lift the object slowly. You can say lifting, moving, You might feel the weight. You can label all the sensations of experience moment by moment. 
and then bring the object towards you. And again, notice the sensations that can be labeled. Returning, placing. I can feel kind of a heaviness in my wrist. I can feel tingling in my fingers. The whole process, moment to moment, is changing experience, sensations. And then place the object down. Placing, letting go, lifting. And this meditate, this type of meditation where you're deconstructing an experience, the most common way we do this is walking meditation, where we say lifting, moving, placing, right? Heel toe, lifting, moving, placing. But it can be done in any activity. When I was with Ruth at Damadena, <laughs> Oh my gosh, she'd have us do this kind of activity for long periods of time, <laughs> long periods of time. And so soon you're saying things like boredom, anger, um, tiredness, <laughs> like there's all kinds of emotions that come up in this practice. Craziness, you know, mine and maybe someone else's, you don't know. So this thing with fabrication is a way of deconstructing our experience of the present moment and realizing how many sensations the mind is labeling all the time, but participating in the labeling actively can really increase concentration. If you ever are struggling with wandering mind, if you're really struggling with wandering mind, one of the most recommended practices that the Buddha talks about is labeling the experience as it's happening. So you bring awareness to one part of the body and start labeling the feelings, hot, cold, pressure, tingling, aversion, vibrating, any kind of labels you can have in the experience can be helpful. So it becomes a walking meditation. Try doing it one time when you're not rushing off to work or something and try doing it with brushing your teeth. Stand in front of your sink and start by looking at the toothbrush and the toothpaste, labeling what you're really seeing, and then slowly reach out and Take 10 minutes to put the toothpaste on the toothbrush and watch what happens in the heart and in the mind. Because when we slow down and we really do this, all kinds of wisdom arises. All kinds of subtle sensations come into being. And we really begin to see what's actually arising and passing away moment to moment. Earlier, we were talking about when I had asked you to do the loving-kindness practice earlier, I was mentioning another aspect of verbal fabrication. And this was the creation of pleasurable sensations. And one of the things we can do in our practice that's highly encouraged is fabricating positive emotions. Fabricating positive emotions by thinking or imagining thinking or imagining. And so when I invite you to call to the altar of your heart something or someone or some place that brings you joy, that is a fabrication. We're intentionally bringing an image or a thought to the present moment, and then we're watching how the emotion changes in real time. We're bringing awareness to the body, and we're experiencing it deeply. And if you think about it, gratitude practice 
Gratitude practice is a type of verbal fabrication. Loving kindness is a verbal fabrication practice. When we say to ourselves, may all beings be happy, we want to really feel the effect of saying those words. When we say, may I be at ease and may I be at peace, we want to really lean into the body and note that the sensations that are happening are in direct karmic result of what we're thinking. And great wisdom can come from that connection. We don't often think about that when we're practicing loving kindness. We're kind of like, oh, may all be free, da 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 da. And sometimes we might do it rote without even really feeling it much at all. It's just kind of the end of the practice. But next time you're doing these kind of practices, really take note on how sensation change in the body when you begin to talk to yourself differently. So I want to try another little exercise here just doing our three characteristics work with some body parts. And again, the three characteristics, the easiest way to work on them is to ask yourself if the sensations you're experiencing are permanent. Now, part of your mind is going to say, of course not. Of course, they're not permanent. It's obvious they're not permanent. But you're not looking for a philosophical answer. You're looking for the heart-mind to know impermanence at the deepest level of experience. We're going past intellectual discourse, past the linguistic level of consciousness, and we're feeling into the nature of impermanence directly with awareness. And so I'm going to invite you just to close your eyes, and we're just going to do this a few times, just to remind us how this is done. Take a deep breath in. And as you exhale, bring awareness deeply into the body. And for this exercise, I'll let you choose any part of the body where you can notice some sensations, some vibrations, some life energy. Just find a spot on the body and hold it in awareness. And feel. Breathe in, breathe out, and feel. Feel the sensations, the Vedana, the feelings. And while we're holding this part in the body in awareness gently, we just drop in our pebble of reflection and say, are these feelings permanent? And then feel. Are these feelings in this part of my body wholly satisfying? Are these feelings in this part of my body really myself? And then we feel directly with awareness. The answer is at the level of being itself.
And then we move, move awareness to another part of your body. Where we can hold some feelings, any feeling will do, pressure, tension. You can bring awareness to the point where hands are touching and feel the heat there. Holding another part of the body in awareness. We ask again, are these sensations self? Are these sensations permanent? And again, move to another spot on the body, holding it gently in awareness. Maybe take a breath or two. Really feeling deeply. Awareness in direct contact with life itself. Is the life energy in this part of the body permanent? Are these sensations self? Are these sensations right here, right now, satisfying? And with this part of the body still held in awareness, Add a label or two to the feelings themselves. We might say pressure and then feel for a minute. might say heat or tingling and then be with the sensations again.
And one last time, bring awareness to the heart area. Feeling deeply into body, noticing sensations there in the chest. And from there, expand awareness out to encompass the whole body, bringing awareness into arms and legs back and belly, feet and hands. Notice the body as a whole. And notice the most prominent sensation and wrap it gently in a label. A tingling here, a pressure over there, contact. Are these sensations in the body permanent? Are these sensations the true self? Feeling and noting. of these different tools of practice are designed in the end to free us from suffering by encouraging wisdom to arise in different ways and having a broader toolbox will help you maintain a stronger concentration the practice will be more enjoyable because when you get stuck, you'll be able to experiment in different ways. All of these different tools can be practiced as entire meditations. You can do a full 45 minute sit if you want, just labeling, just using the three characteristics. A whole meditation can be done in this way. And if you try to do those kinds of things, you'll notice that these tools have a far greater power than they would appear to have on the surface. On the surface, they just seem kind of clunky, hard to do, maybe distracting. But with practice, you'll learn to do them with a real loving and kind, gentle awareness. And it will nurture your practice in ways that you just couldn't account for before because it's just hard to see. So always experiment. My call to practice for all of you is to be experimental and curious with your Vipassana trying out different tools and techniques so that when you do sit down, you have a variety of 
different things you can do to calm the mind when the mind needs calming. We have a few minutes for some meta, and we're not even rushed or anything, which is awesome. A couple things to say before we close. Retreat this weekend. Thank you so much for those who were able to put the time aside to register. Registration is closed. We had a wait list, and then I had to close the wait list as well. Um, so we are filled up and ready to go. For those who have registered, I did send out things today, so please be on the lookout in your inbox for that if you are registered for the retreat. There are materials there waiting for you. Um, another thing to mention, I know that we, I see new faces coming through every so often, so I always forget. <laughs> I'm so bad with like reminding myself to, to talk about things. Um, if you are not on the Wednesday Wake Up mailing list, please go to the website at wednesdaywakeup.com and get on the list because that list is where you get the weekly reflections and retreat announcements and anything related to this weekly um, sit. And so not everybody is on there um, since we've been on, since COVID. Normally when we were in person, I just had a clipboard, but I always forget to remind people to get on the list so you can keep up. I have started a blog and I do send out reflections every week now with tips and tricks for practice. Usually it's stuff I'm working on, so I'm sharing with you what I'm doing in my practice and how to do it. Um, I've done that the last few weeks and I've gotten some positive feedback. Um, and that comes through the mailing list or through the website as well. I'm uh, enjoying getting back into writing and writing about the Dharma is kind of something I haven't done in a while. So I'm doing that as well. So um, that's another thing to keep in mind. Yeah, I think that's it. That's all. Let us fall back into loving kindness. And um, I'll give a couple little hints on fabrication as we do it this evening. start loving kindness practice it can be helpful to gladden the heart so we're practicing from a place of ease and well-being so we fabricate that experience of the present moment by thinking about something we're grateful for or we do a mental fabrication and we picture a person or a pet or a place something that just warms our heart Something we know that brings us joy. That thing in your life that just really puts you at ease. And then we take note of those sensations and bring them directly into awareness. That pleasant mood that we fabricate. We bring into awareness and we rest in those sensations, holding those sensations in equanimity. And if the mood eludes us, we can always just bring awareness to the most subtle sensations on the body. Light prickling or tingling, subtle energy in the hands. Any relaxed sensation will do. And that's where we make our home base for loving kindness, a sense of ease and rest. And while holding those sensations close to our heart, we then drop these 
verbal fabrications into awareness. These pebbles of goodwill and love, well-wishing for all beings. We might think, may all beings be at ease. And then feel how that sensation arises in the body. May all beings be at ease. May all beings be free from suffering. Feeling that fabricated moment. May all beings know true joy, true love, and true compassion in this lifetime. May all beings be free from danger, worry, and concern. May all beings feel safe and secure. May every heart be filled with love, compassion, and kindness. May all beings delight in joy. Notice how sensations change when we think these kinds of thoughts. Keeping those sensations close to our heart directly in awareness. Noticing that loving kindness is a cultivation. It's something we create with thoughts, feelings, and awareness. May all beings be free. May all beings be free. Thank you, my friends, for sharing your evening with us all. Delightful as always. Thanks so much for practicing with us. Thanks for joining us here at Wednesday Wake Up. We honor the traditional Buddhist practice of offering the teachings without charge. So this podcast will always be ad-free and will never be behind a paywall. This podcast is sustained exclusively by the generosity of listeners. If you've received value from this podcast and have found your life or practice enriched by listening to it, you can support Gregory as a teacher by going to our website, www.wednesdaywakeup.com, and click on Donate at the menu on the top. While you're here at the website, join our mailing list and follow Gregory on Instagram at Gregory Maloof Dharma. Thank you again for listening. May all beings be happy.